the bare necessities, the simple bare necessities. Hello and welcome to episode 31 of That's a Shame. I am wow. Declan, somewhere <laughs> in Scotland, <laughs> somewhere in time. the street. Is Isaac. Hello, how's it going? Uh, it's not too bad, but for the absolute travesty that is this recording <laughs> yeah so let's explain a bit of bit of context to what's going on um i'm currently <laughs> just being followed by someone who's trying to work out what i'm doing because i'm walking in circles around this little street uh trying to cling loosely onto a wi-fi connection that has had better days i think right and uh talking into my um, iphone and why is this isaac well, it's a good question. I'm in Edinburgh. That's that's kind of the overarching reason, I suppose. Um, more specifically, the lovely flat, the otherwise lovely flat that we're staying in, has got a Wi-Fi connection that is made of dreams and broken ones at like that. So <laughs> it's it's always a good feature when the Wi-Fi is stronger on the street than in the house, I find. That's a nice touch. <laughs> have they just got it facing the wrong way? <laughs> and they just have it outside. It's just like a public Wi-Fi that they're doing as a service. So all the car sounds that you're hearing now, the birds that will inevitably come and call those, their way through the show. Those shed. aren't after effects. Those are no. live wildlife Hot straight from the, the streets of Edinburgh. I know. Well, in a way, I'm kind of a roving reporter figure, I suppose, because I am just here like in Edinburgh I'm amongst the people and they're all looking at me like I'm a serial killer of some sort because of this. Well, I, and I'm actually somewhat surprised by that last bit because I've been there to the fringe twice now uh-huh. and it seems that everyone is, is doing what you're doing right now. True. I have seen some people vlogging. Oh no. And, uh, I was f- afraid to have to tell you the bad news. It's that vlogging is still in, in Edinburgh. <laughs> it hasn't gone away. It's here to stay. But no, The I'm Fringe su- has only just discovered it, so we're <laughs> fucked. <laughs> oh dear. I'm quite far, or at least I'm like sufficiently far away from the mile, which is for our non-Edinburgh visiting listeners, like the epicentre of the, the festival. I'm about 35 minutes away, maybe, so everyone here is right. just living their lives normally. Specifically, there's a boy playing basketball, by himself there's a dog that's pregnant oh, you're in the with Bronx. a bark that's me <laughs> coming at you live from the from the garden but yes we're powering through so sorry about the audio quality here um i'll find a better solution for episode 32 which will probably it won't make me look any less mad because i'll just go and have to talk to myself in like a public setting where there's free wi-fi <laughs> so that will be a shame but yes what an episode it's going to be am i right it's our first, it. <laughs> our first Edinburgh Fringe special. Oh, um, certainly is. special for me because I'm not going this year. <laughs> <laughs> special for me because I'm. <laughs> Can you hear that? <laughs> yeah. Bloody hell! There are three of them chasing each other. I feel like we've changed oh. into Spring Watch. Oh dear! Um, <laughs> what Spring special... Spring Listen? Yeah, <laughs> the Spring Watch podcast would be incredible. Bill Oddie originally wanted to do it on the radio, but they warned him it was probably a failed format. (laughs) But yes, I'm at the festival in in the most general sense. I've been on the mile once for about two seconds. 
Um, I've been out in daylight for the first time today, I think. Uh, <laughs> so I haven't really seen anything other than Pollyanna, which is the show that my girlfriend's producing three times now. Um, but I thought, yeah, we, as we discussed, we were going to talk about, maybe we'll talk about like past fringe things now, and then I'll have some proper updates for the next episode. Yeah. And you, of so, course, you went before I'd even heard of Edinburgh. Did I? No, that's not quite true. But you went a year before I did. Yeah. Well, I, yeah, I went up. I don't, I, th- I think just because I never had, and uh-huh. I was, I just wanted to leave the house. And I'd just come <laughs> into some. better to leave it then. Yeah. Well, like, hundreds I'd of just, miles. I'd also trip. just come into some inheritance money and I was desperate Ooh. to spend some of it. Not much, but I was like, my my philosophy is that it's better to have spent money than to have it. So. Yeah. And how's that doing with the old bank? <laughs> it's really, it's really helping. You're not, you're not coming up to that. It, no. <laughs> it's, I need to kill off some relatives. <laughs> uh, it's helping a lot with the present and the past, uh, less so with the future, but we'll come to that. Yes. <laughs> um, we'll cross that bridge when it arrives. So I... I didn't really know if anyone was up there and I wasn't really staying with anyone and I wasn't really going to see anything specific. Where were you staying? So I, I booked to stay at the, uh, at the uni accommodation. Ah, was it expensive? And no, it was actually surprisingly cheap, which they is how I was able to do it. There's a hotel that I walk past, or at least I used to walk past it every day last year. And it's an Ibis or something. And it has that thing. Where oh, I remember a, it has a yeah, screen, the, the, the counter at the, the front. Yeah, it tells you like they're, they're going right for a room. And I arrived a few days before the festival kicked off for rehearsals and it was like 80 quid or something a room, which is still like not great, but it's the middle of a city, so fair. And um, I drove past it today, like an hour ago. And it was £426 <laughs> a night. That's mad. No, it's I like you have to I'm... stay in the bridal suite. Yeah, I think I managed to get, a, I, th- I stayed for five nights. And uh-huh. I think I've got it for like hundred and something quid. So it's pretty, pretty good. good. Pretty good rate. But Very it is good. also really fucking far away from everything. Yes. So uh, when I arrived, like I got a cab there and the cab helpfully took a kind of back route there, which managed to show me none of where any of the festival was. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I was certain that I was going to. I was in a different city. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I was at the Glasgow Fringe. <laughs> yeah. So um, I arrived and like the room was fine. Uh, I like set up shop and I messaged a couple of people saying like, I'm, I'm here, are you around? What's going on? Um, but I, I had been traveling since about four in the morning. So I decided to have a bit of a sleep uh-huh. uh, and then got up in the evening a bit too late. And I was uh, on my way to go and see a show that some of our friends were in. Okay. And uh, I, the, the map on their flyer was so preposterously unhelpful because the thing about Edinburgh, for those who haven't been, is it's a city on about three different levels. Yeah. And I mean that physically, not like mentally. It's like. <laughs> or socially. <laughs> that would be a lovely, you know, like poetic approach to describing Edinburgh's class system. Yeah. <laughs> but no, it is, it's like a Mario level in places. Yeah. Because you can go onto a bridge where you're overlooking what just appeared to be a street at the, the height of the city. It's weird. Yeah. That like, <laughs> there are some streets that are just like double decker. 
Yeah, it's a bit odd. like an Escher drawing, isn't it? Yeah, like, it's very strange. You quite know where you are. But their, their map said to go straight across this bridge, but what it right. meant was go underneath it, and well, that's where we are. So oh. I ended up on the other side of the railway station. <laughs> um, and so I, I missed it. So I decided to just go for a little uh, a little walk around town to see uh, what what was going on, see what the nightlife was like. I seemed to be going on on a pretty dead night. There wasn't very very much going on, um, but this just made my night all the more surreal. There were two standout events. One, I walked down an alleyway, which is what Edinburgh seems to be mostly comprised of. <laughs> It's amazing um, that you can have this many alleyways without any major thoroughfares because normally yeah. they have to go off something, <laughs> but they all just go off no. each other. Yeah, it's just a labyrinth. It's baffling. And whilst in this alleyway, a dwarf. Oh, yeah. On a scooter. Oh, yeah. In school uniform. Oh. Scooted up to me, if that is oh. the correct verb. Lapped me twice. <laughs> And then just, just going around you. Yep. And then wow. just scooted away. That's like a kind of threatening thing, isn't it? Like in films where the jets and the sharks appear and yeah, exactly. click around you. He was showing I was you gonna be you were in his turf. <laughs> the dwarf mafia is going to get me. <laughs> like the Mexican the school dwarf fighting mafia. league. Do you remember? Oh, the story yeah. that is on the Ricky Show. fought the lion. Yeah, they were... It was an, a whole um, team. Is team the right word? Or squad. league? Yeah. <laughs> Battalion of... A squad uh, of dwarfs. Little people word. who were all wrestlers or something. Oh, good job I'm under the planes bit. <laughs> this plane is about 20 <laughs> feet in the sky. Like, no joke. I could touch it. Oh, God. It's like Grab a, on. I think a war's about to start because it's not a normal looking plane. It's an absolute oh, military no. operation. Well, you heard it here first. Are you guys. getting Donald Trumped into the next I think one? so. Is this, am I in the Guam <laughs> French? Is that what's happening? <laughs> <laughs> I knew I'd taken a wrong turn. Oh dear. I can't, I can't even be bothered to recount any more about these Mexican fighters, but they were all killed by a lion and it was very sad. <laughs> That's all you need to know. The end. Um, but the next uh, notable... Uh, event of the night was I, I sort of took a walk around some of the um, pubs and, and bars, you know, taking in the real Edinburgh yeah. scene. And uh, I was about to head home and I noticed uh, a couple of people gathered around uh, a bit of street theatre. Mm, that's a shame. Now, ordinarily, as we all know, street theatre is bunk. It's fucking <laughs> useless, pathetic, talentless morons doing shit art for no uh, money in a hat. Yeah. Right? But I thought, when in Rome, when in Guam... Uh, <laughs> Do as the Guamanians. When, when, when in the kingdom of the seagulls. <laughs> Can you hear the guys? Yeah. yeah. There they are. <laughs> They're just circling overhead like I'm carrying. Like I, they know something I don't about my my health. I'm about to be attacked by a bear. And uh, so I figured, come on, I'll, uh, I'll I'll go and have a look. And uh, it wasn't actually that bad. It was sort of like a a two person piece. Uh-huh. 
about like a dispute. I didn't quite know what was going on. Um, <laughs> but then after about 10 minutes, they turned around these actors mm. and uh, they told us all to fuck off. Oh. Um, <laughs> and it turned out that it, they, they weren't actors. They, they oh, were just no. a couple having a domestic outside of a pub <laughs> and everyone had mistaken it for street art oh, <laughs> and no, gathered round to watch. That's so good. And when that they told us a lot of, about the average quality of a performance at the French. Well, exactly. Yeah. I was like, I was getting ready to write a review. I was like, this is I thought like, because we all thought when they said to fuck off that it was some kind of avant-garde ending. Yeah. Like when we went to see that shit rendition of uh, Clockwork Orange at, at York, oh, and yeah. it ended with uh, that sign that said, don't applaud, just leave. Oh, that was a shame. Like, no. Yes. I thought it was something like that. But then they actually wanted to fight someone because... <laughs> <laughs> God, it's very immersive. I've just got punched in the face. <laughs> it's a real treat for it's all like the you, senses. It's like you were there. <laughs> so I went home feeling somewhat cheated. Uh-huh. As you would, I think. You should have asked them if they could, if you could borrow it for your own piece. <laughs> for a little verbatim piece. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's lovely. Well, I, I said we'd talk about not things that are happening at the moment, Fringe, but it's too specifically similar to, to ignore. Because last You're night... You're going to tell me about a dwarf, aren't you? That's him. It could be the same. <laughs> I mean, I don't know why I think that. Is that kind of dwarf racist? <laughs> Yeah, absolute dwarfist. Look, Just because they were a creepy school uniform dwarf on a scooter doesn't mean they were the only. Like in Bruges, isn't it? Oh my god, it's very similar. Oh, good cars are starting to pull up at one mile an hour. <laughs> That's right, guys. Rev more. <laughs> okay, so last night, one of the, it's a cabaret, Pollyanna, and one of the acts this year. It's, well, let's not. No, well, it's not just a cabaret, is it? Oh, should we dive deep into it now, or? Shall I, do? I mean, you may as well just explain so that this story has at least some context. It's not like it's not like your your school talent show cabaret, and then yes. a fucking dwarf turned up with his cock out or something. <laughs> like there, there, there is there is <laughs> I was there last year. <laughs> no, true. Yes, you, you may as well give a bit more context. Well, it's billed as. Uh, it's kind of the gayest show on a earth. queer cabaret. <laughs> That's pretty much the, the way it's, it's a queer cabaret. I'm trying to remember more of the terms they use. And, uh, it's supposed to be just extravagant and messy and like bizarre and all, or not all, but the majority of the actor like LGBTQ performers who do either single pieces that they've worked on for cabaret or snippets of their show. So they get Soho theater people who are like, the cool theatre. Last year, there was a, a performer called Lucy McCormick who had written a show that was a retelling in the loosest sense possible of the New Testament. Um, and she had this great line. She's she's Northern and she has a really good delivery. Did you see her, her mini show? Pollyanna? No, I didn't, no. Oh, well, I saw the mini show about eight times because I was there most nights. But then I saw the full show and she... She's northern and she has a kind of like ponderous delivery that's you can't quite tell if she's making a joke or not, but obviously she is because right. it's it's like a good show. And she described it as 
once you read the New Testament, it was just like really reflected where I am as an artist at the moment, which I think is a great line. And <laughs> the retelling involved, uh, well, all kinds of orifices and all kinds of <laughs> entries <laughs> there into that was, it was a bit about the, uh, doubting Thomas moment in the Bible where he, <laughs> Jesus, gets that sounds like a pun just waiting to happen. <laughs> yeah. He gets him to place his, um, fingers into the stigmata are they called stigmata if it's real presumably not they're just wounds aren't they like yeah. jesus didn't have stigmata because he was actually crucified yeah cool okay so thomas has to uh feel for himself that jesus you know has has these big gaping holes in his wrist from where he was crucified because yeah. he's a doubting little idiot it turns out and that was kind of ramped up as every no potential orifice was explored no. as a as a form of you know assuaging this doubt <laughs> there was some crowd surfing she did <laughs> this is a good joke as well in the bit where uh, they run up to the tomb to find that the stone has been rolled and that you know there's like isn't there an angel inside i don't know this story that well there's some cloth folded <laughs> up that was on the body in that bit she very briefly introduced it and then launch straight into Justin Bieber's sorry all of which is the build up to the one joke I'm missing more than just your body which is a line <laughs> in the song but because it has such it was actually a really good payoff it doesn't sound like a great joke on paper but because it was so blindsiding that she just started this really like she's really talented very well delivered performance of Justin Bieber you're like what, where are you going with this and then when it the joke crescendoed. It was great. So it's that kind of thing. Um, we saw, did you see Grumble the Sex Clown last year? I, I can regrettably <laughs> say that I did, yes. And so tell us about that, because that, she's another regular no, Pollyanna performer. No, you, 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 I cannot do it justice because I'll just start weeping. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't know much more. It's a sort of, I think... The show is a little bit about climate change or saving the world in general. And it involved, as the, as the title suggests, <laughs> it involved like uh, a big planet Earth. She was wearing like bin bags and then not wearing bin bags for the most part for the rest of the show. There was a, some kind of sparkler insertion. I think, didn't you have to fuck planet Earth at some point? Yeah. It was all covered in oil. Like it's that, it's all, what I'm saying is it's mental. And it's very. <laughs> Like I had not, because last year was my first time at the Fringe, and Pollyanna is, it showcases all of the most extreme things you're likely to find, pretty much. And uh, I hadn't really realised, I didn't know fingering someone on stage was legal. Seemed like. <laughs> <laughs> but no, then it just became the bread and butter of my experience, not me doing it. So yes, so Pollyanna last night, and in, indeed every night, and if you're at the Fringe, not only should you tweet and say hello, and we'll uh, we'll just avoid each other from there on. Come along <laughs> to Paradise Palms every, I think Sunday through Thursday or something, um, every night and and get involved. But the show Polyfiller is the host, and it's an alternative drag act. It's not drag that's about uh, like men embodying female experience or the other way around which is like drag queen drag king it's supposed to be like an alternative just an other they them kind of creature that's uh the makeup that polyfiller has is just 
madness. It's like you exploded a crayon factory all over someone's face and then gave them because he's really tr- big. Tried, tried to mold it into war paint. Yeah, yeah, it does look, have a war paint vibe and huge like boots and and yeah, it's all very extravagant. And Polyfiller's act this year is called Teresa the Musical. Last year it was Brexit. Is Polyfiller the, the one who did Brexit the Musical? Yeah. Yes. Brexit, Brexit the musical, musical was an experience. <laughs> it really was. It involved having various members of the audience up on stage wearing political masks yep. and being variously insulted. Yeah. Um, I don't remember all of it, but I do remember that the culmination was the wonderful polyfiller themselves uh, inserting a dildo into their <laughs> anus. Which had an EU flag attached to it. That's the one. Yeah, I, I always get confused if that was Brexit the musical or Hairspray. Like I, I can never remember which scene <laughs> that comes from. <laughs> you have to be careful about what you're buying tickets for. Is that Hamilton? Yes, did you that's say? It. <laughs> my name is Alexander Hamilton. Watch this flag. Shove um, this in my ass. <laughs> <laughs> it just ends. The audience is just stunned silence as Lin-Manuel squats in preparation. That would be the most horrible thing I would hate. The, the, the thing about it was the that everyone in the audience, I think, knew that it was coming. Yeah. Because, well, it, was, because it was billed around the whole city as the show where someone shoves a flag in their ass. <laughs> or at least it was, that was like the word of mouth about it. That was the, yeah. the buzz. And so because everyone knew it was mad. coming, but there was such, there's about 10 minutes of preparation and getting t- into position for it. It's <laughs> <laughs> like you have time to go up to the bar, get a drink, come back, <laughs> get a good position, get on your tiptoes and watch as a man <laughs> literally <laughs> inserts a dildo with a flag on it yep. into his own anus. The, the cabaret as a whole is quite it's like political, it's about gender and, and masculinity and things like that. So this year, Teresa the Musical, similar <laughs> similar element. <laughs> no, <laughs> you don't say. There's an amazing bit in it, though, where they, uh, he just go, he's got <laughs> this amazing Teresa May wig, which is just a kind of, it looks like you've sat on a grey poodle and it's just like deflated onto someone's head. In the same way that Donald Trump's hair looks like it came from another planet to control his mind. It just sort of sits there with no indication that it's part of the same entity. And he's wearing this amazing, um, like, tight jacket and short skirt that just has the look of a kind of Quentin Blake headmistress character. (laughs) And just starts, like, going mad as the audio clip of Theresa May saying, well, I, I once used to run through the fields of wheat, and I tell you what, the farmers weren't very happy about that. Plays as her ultimate transgression. And then, like last night, there was Weetabix instead of wheat as their, as their budget. And the audience just sort of holds them up and then attempts to facilitate the crowd surfing of a man who's about six foot four, <laughs> wearing like about eight stone of, of costume through Weetabix while We Are the Champions is playing, I think. And it's all like, if it sounds mad, it's because it is. And it's fully mental. You have to experience it. Last night, to get full circle back to the the dwarf story, it's not even a story, it was just um, amusing. Because the the stage, it's kind of pink and red is the lighting theme. 
And uh, so essentially the stage could be thought of as a red room. If you see where I'm going with this. And um, in the Teresa the Musical, one of the participants happened to be a, uh, I don't know what term we're supposed to use. Is it little person? Dwarf? Does it depend on a per person basis? Let's let's just, I mean, we've been going with dwarf for 30 episodes. (laughs) Let's stick with it. Make it sound like we have a feature where we like dwarf of the day. (laughs) It's dwarf of the week. (laughs) (laughs) Um, One of the participants happened to be a dwarf and came on and within seconds was wearing a Nicola Sturgeon mask and like gyrating <laughs> to rapturous applause whilst kind of uh, jazzy undertones created the most horrifically Twin Peaks experience of my life as I was watching from backstage. It was just so odd. Yeah, if you haven't seen it and you're in Edinburgh, then come along and and tweet or email us your thoughts because it's quite unlike anything else. Because I, 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 I did eventually get to see that show that our friends were in. Oh yeah, what it was, was a, it? It was the it was the uh, the Titus Andronicus. Oh uh, yes, uh, that they did, but where get this? The couple is gay. Oh, I didn't know they did that. Yeah, wasn't this the one that was all monochrome? That was the theme. That's the one, and they like bled, but didn't each opposing side bleed the other side's color or something? Not that I noticed. Okay, good. <laughs> and I was there for the full nine hours of the show. <laughs> there were a couple of things about it. Our friend Zoe was playing, oh my God, I can never remember the character's name, the evil queen in it. Um, yeah, and there's know, a scene where they're blindfolded, standing on uh-huh. like a, a set of crates. I think that's in the original Shakespeare, that one. <laughs> um, <laughs> and she did like a really kind of quite impressively good job of then climbing down and navigating these blocks and then walking out of the, the room and then past the curtains. And, uh, and all while blindfolded. Sh- yeah. And the show well, itself was somewhat deplorable. Um, <laughs> that moment itself was quite impressive. And when I was speaking to her the next day, I brought it up. I was like, wow, that's really good. Like, you know, how, how did, how did you kind of learn to do that? And her answer was essentially, by conditioning and she lifted up her t-shirt a bit to show me the most enormous black bruise from where oh, no. on previous nights she had simply just fallen oh, i had to just be there on a good night that's what people do they suffer for their art exactly uh, especially at the hands of this specific director director oh yes but, so i bumped into oh, a friend of ours oh, last yes. night at, at pollyanna uh andy I'm going to call him because this is his oh, name yeah. off of my course. And we were discussing, he directed a show we've maybe mentioned before on, on this podcast, I think. Romeo and Juliet. We mentioned it because um, of uh, the goal <laughs> tweet, didn't we? Oh, that's what right. What a great yeah. production. Goal. So I was just navigating a door. <laughs> um, that's part of my on the street reporting. And uh, so... As as we mentioned, or we'll reiterate, we weren't fans of the concept. We didn't see the show. But no. the premise was that Romeo and Juliet were both men and both playing for opposing football teams. And so I, I don't think that's an uninteresting premise. Like I think you can work with it because it becomes about like masculinity and especially in sport where it's about having to, you know, like one one premiership footballer is out as gay or something. Or, or maybe it's none. I think it's none. I, I forget. None is even fewer than one. 
we must remind ourselves. <laughs> but yeah, so they had no LGBT people in the production. <laughs> I don't think any of the actors, as far as I know, or any of the like, the dramaturg and stuff. But it was revealed much to my amusement because I like Andy. Like we get on well enough. Yeah, he's a nice guy. Well. But he told me that they wanted originally to have in the audience some people live tweeting the show as if it were a sporting match, as if it were a football match, like kind of commentating on social media. And you'll never guess who his first picks were no. for, for those two people. No. Yeah. It's only Isaac and Declan. No. That's a shame. Are you yeah. kidding? Well, I can't imagine. imagine. I can't imagine the wealth of people involved in that show who shot that idea down. <laughs> yes, he he named just the particular people who shot it down. He thought that we might. I think the, the exact phrase was overwhelm the production. <laughs> isn't, that, isn't that lovely? But I thought that was very sweet. It was very nice of them to think. That is sweet. Oh my god! Yeah. Could you imagine if we had been doing that? <laughs> we would, well, we'd no longer be be friends with, with any of those anyone <laughs> or anyone or, they knew what, what did he like was his expectation that we would do this in a positive sense i don't know i think we were supposed to be involved in the fiction so i don't think it was just like oh bob forgot a line or whatever it was supposed to be like <laughs> things are that things is what are really we would have been up doing. with the capulets <laughs> Looks like the Goal! Montagues have gone for the classic four-four-two formation. <laughs> What's that? Romeo is reaching out across enemy lines, <clears throat> and not with the body part you were expecting. Jesus Christ! Tibbled there, drastically offside. <laughs> by which I mean, dead. <laughs> dead. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag. Oh, by which I mean, dead. <laughs> but yes, I thought that was a nice. Oh, uh, that is quite good. Uh, yeah, an tell enjoyable. Him, tell him to keep us in mind for all future productions. <laughs> he asked about our ra- our radio project. He described it as so. It's clearly it's making waves, <laughs> making waves in the the past. Wow. And also his his girlfriend Lily, who we know, yeah. she used to be in charge of drama sock in our first year. I don't know her very well. Although, as I told her, I, I was like, I don't know you very well, but I do have your number, which is an odd <laughs> concept because she, I think, like was encouraged by the previous chair of Drama Sock to be like, here's my number, guys. Just stay, like text me any questions you have about drama. <laughs> I'm surprised <laughs> we didn't abuse that privilege. I know. Can we, should we, should we just text her now? <laughs> what time? Wait for the next show. Just wondering if Andy's. <laughs> got any commentating to go so i was like yeah we've met before i we don't know each other very well and she was like isaac as in isaac and declan (laughs) it's the power couple so it was two i know well exactly so edinburgh is just it's just crying out for your presence i think we have to make next year a big one i think so we'll go up we'll do some live tweeting we could do like a little that's a shame assuming that we're both alive out of prison, sober at the yeah. time. We could do maybe, uh, we might have enough of an audience by then to to get three people in a room and shout at them for an hour. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or if we you've got a, an right. EU flag and a flexible rectum, then I know just the slot. <laughs> I'll bring the rectum, you bring the lube. <laughs> One of the reasons that I brought up the Titus Andronicus show uh-huh. is because we uh, we spoke... Uh, a couple of weeks ago when we did the auditions episode oh, yeah. about when I did 
Glengarry Glen Ross. Yes. And uh, one of the things we didn't mention was that uh, as well as directing the show, I ended <laughs> up being in it. Oh, yes. Cool. Because uh, five days before we went on for our opening night, mm-hmm. uh, one of the guys in the cast mm-hmm. dropped out. Yep. Claiming that his course was too stressful uh-huh. as a first year philosophy student. Yes. And I'll just point out as a, as a point of fact that first year doesn't actually count for your overall grade in philosophy and, and many other subjects. In anything. Yeah. I think it probably uh, does in and, some, but, but there was like, there's no, I don't think it was possible to fail first year. And philosophy, how, how's, the, uh, how's the stress level there, Ooh, Isaac? Minimal. The, the department, right. as is the case with all philosophy teachers that I've ever come across, they could not give less of a fuck about the bureaucracy of their position. So <laughs> if you don't do a bit of work or if you don't turn up, they, they just forget instantly. Like they could not be less interested. <laughs> uh, and I assumed at the time that there was like more to the story and maybe like a, a valid reason masked by this one but it just felt because it is a hugely like it's a massive dick move to let people down like that so i think it, at least it's, be, it's also we realized at the time the only character who is on stage for the entire yeah. show no joke is never off stage yeah but i think like there are reasons there are like valid reasons oh, yeah. to pull out i just wish you'd been like well, of course there are, it's, but- it's a personal thing like i i don't want to talk about it but I hope you'll understand, rather Even, than just yeah, be like, exactly. well, it's very stressful as a first-year philosophy student, and then expect that not to be just taken Ridiculed as the obvious bullshit badly. that it was. Yes. So you stepped so, in. Uh, so I stepped in, um, <clears throat> but whenever I saw this guy around campus for the next year of my course, uh-huh. I uh, was sure to, uh, to uh, point to him and say, hey, weren't you that guy in Glengarry Glenrock? <laughs> did, he liked that, did he? <laughs> that well he oh no uh, i hated it oh that's often would often would hang his head and run away oh, didn't he swear at you? oh once or twice i'm sure um people are always doing that so it's hard to tell <laughs> anyway he was in this show he was playing the the daughter who gets raped and then has or son in this case right. <laughs> who <laughs> gets raped and has the tongue cut out and the hands cut off oh god and like he did and a, he didn't as, drop as good a job as you could be expected. No, he he was there on the night and everything. Wow. And uh, I went out for for drinks with the cast afterwards. Mm-hmm. Uh, a bar that was sort of it was actually a sports bar. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Obviously, during the fringe, there's no one in the whole city who cares about sport. <laughs> so so it was empty as hell. Um, but it was reasonably cheap. But. Edinburgh. Mm-hmm. So we we went in there and we we're having a drink and everyone was getting along and even me and this guy we were you know we'd we'd had a laugh and whatnot and we were we were all planning on going to the wonderful Sea Main Club which oh. I'm sure we'll talk about imminently. Yes, next episode. He uh, and some other people were like okay yeah gonna go and uh, go back to the flat get ready and then and then we'll, we'll meet you there and I I don't know why I think this must be a particular instinct that I'm sure even you probably share. Uh-huh. I just couldn't, <laughs> couldn't leave this on good terms. <laughs> and what, self-sabotage? Yeah, that's the one. That's the one. So yeah. everything, the whole night was going so well. They, like, we, we'd made these plans. We're like, oh, okay, that'd be good. And then this guy said, 
yeah, so I think I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to head back to uh, the flat, get changed, and, and then come back. <laughs> and I said, and this is, this is the best bit, is that it's such a shit little insult. Yeah. I just said, oh, why is that? <laughs> Have you got a philosophy essay to do? <laughs> and he just left. Oh. He just went home. <laughs> Bless. Would you like to issue a public apology to this? <laughs> Absolutely not. Oh, you yeah. can go fuck yourself. <laughs> oh, well, doubled down, you say. <laughs> Everyone gave me the classic look that we certainly, as a as a pair, have received. Of, oh, the you've gone of, too far look. Well, yeah, but the you've gone too far look is is great because it comes twinned with the I was amused by that. But I'm taking the moral high ground yeah. look, yes. which is one of life's great looks. Yes, it's a victory look. Definitely. Yeah. And I also find that a long exposure. Oh, good news. There's a van driving <laughs> at three miles an hour <laughs> with the loudest oh, wheels on a cobbled street. Ask the driver. I'm away from it. I look like I'm being pursued. <laughs> oh, yes. I find that the longer, the more times that you manage to elicit that look, Oh God, it's just following me. It's just turned the street. I think I'm about to be abducted live on air. The more times you can elicit the look, the more likely it is that eventually they'll come off that high ground and sink down into the depths of, well, it was just funny. Definitely. And uh, I think our, give in. I think our good friend Toby, who will be on the show soon, yes. uh, is perhaps the most the same. most pertinent example of this. Absolutely. Uh, as someone who... Yeah who is a, a lovely man and likes to think of himself as something of a, a moral authority because he is a nice person. Yeah, but very nice. Deep down, he's on board with our regime. Yes, you can <laughs> appeal to a very base instinct that Toby works day in, day out to, to bury within his soul. I think my, my favourite example of it is uh, our friend Maya. Oh, yes. A very similar who, kind of principled... Um, you know, very nice, like always good to people attitude, but. And like, and seemingly someone with absolutely no business being our friend, condoning yes, anything we've ever said or why, done. Why she tolerates. Oh. I know. <laughs> and yet gets along with us very well. Yeah. So I think that deep down, well, I, I've always said that I think it's because people appreciate us as an outlet. Yeah. It's good to have an excuse for it, I suppose. It's like, I don't know. Yeah like watching a horror film to scare yourself i think yeah. we're just an outlet for people to be just briefly a little bit mean and then get it out of their system yeah it's a service it's good ultimately we um, are we're like the nhs <laughs> yeah in a way look i need to wrap this up because my hands are ice cubes all of a sudden <laughs> and there's no sign that this van is doing anything other than watching me and loitering <laughs> As I pace up and down the <laughs> also, same bit of street. I also have to go because I, I bought fish and chips for dinner. Uh-huh. And I asked for large cod and a medium chips. Uh-huh. Classic. I said, we haven't got any, we haven't got any large. I, well, I mean, there was a lot more as well, but we'll leave that to the side. Yeah. That's for me and my own self-esteem. <laughs> but he, uh, he said, we haven't got any large cod, but I can do you two small cod. And it comes to the same weight. And I said, yeah, that's absolutely fine. Well, let me tell you, 
that a small cod can now be defined as a fucking shark because there's about a stone of fish on oh, my wow. plate. That's amazing. I thought it was going to go the other way and you had like a goldfish cracker for dinner. Nope. I was eating for about 40 minutes wow. and they're, like, there's still 80% of the plate covered in fish. Oh, God, that sounds so I need horrible to find, now. I need to find a way. I'm going to send you a picture. No, I don't want to see it. <laughs> no, don't put it anywhere near me. I'm going to spam it onto your wall. It's covered in cod. You can't see for scales. Oh. Horrid. Oh, so Look. I need to find a way of disposing of it. There's a seagull army imminent for its its fourth flyby, and I need to go and like sort out my life because I'm just on a street. But apologies again for the audio quality that I'm sure will be <laughs> a persistent shame throughout this episode. Thank you for making it through. And like I said, if you're in Edinburgh, um, then hit me up. We'll go for a drink. Yes. Like, that also, we could be people I know as well. Don't have to be a stranger. <laughs> I just don't really get in touch with you guys very much. No, so reach out. Um, we also recognise we've had uh, at least three or four emails this week yes. from you guys, and we very much appreciate that, but we have so little time at yeah, the moment, literally. and Isaac is about to die. So we will uh, we will try and address those on Sunday, but we sure. do appreciate those and keep them coming because they are as horrifying as they are endearing. <laughs> Tass at shame.city. You can follow the show at That's a Shamecast, Declan at Cynical Declan, Isaac at Isaac BD. Tweet us anything that comes into your head and we'll get back to you with a response. Uh, shame and if you want some more seagulls on the show, yeah. then let us know. <laughs> I can record them and just play them at the beginning of every episode to give it that nice outdoors feel that I know we're all going to hate. Thank you for listening to episode 31. I've been Isaac. You've been Declan. <laughs> we'll see you next time. <laughs> Goodbye, gang. See you then. Don't know how to stop this. Necessities, simple bare necessities. Forget about your worries and your strife. I mean the bare necessities. Oh, Mother Nature's recipes that bring the bare necessities of life. Some honey just for me The bare necessities of life Will come to you
necessities Oh, Mother Nature's recipes That bring the bare necessities of life Wherever I wander Wherever I wander Wherever I roam Necessities of life will come to you. 